Slavery is back. Welcome to a place where private business profit from a captive labour force, yet pennies are spent on medical services to a population in which the Indigenous, the poor and the mentally ill are overrepresented. Where isolation, humiliation and degradation are facts of life. Welcome to prison. It depends who's telling the story, I suppose. The prisoners would have one view. The people who work in the prison system would have another. And I think it's up to people to decide uh, where the truth is. Give government propaganda and the media spin doctors the flick. And check out Doin' Time for news, views and tunes on prison issues from Guantanamo Bay to Christmas Island to prisons and detention centres everywhere. Every Monday at 4pm on your community radio 3CR. We are still fired up and we're still talking about revolution. Hello and welcome to the Doing Time Show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. And a warning that there may be audio images of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples that have died. Today's broadcast is a special commemoration for TJ Hickey and the 14th of February 2023 marks the anniversary of the death in custody of TJ Hickey in Redfern. In 2004, the teenager died as a direct result of the actions of the Redfern police and on the 14th of February, I believe it was about 18 years ago, TJ was impaled on a fence near Redfern after being thrown from his bicycle. His family and their supporters have always maintained that TJ's death was a result of a police pursuit. It was no freak accident. As Ray Jackson, Indigenous warrior and supporter of the Hickey family, who has since passed on, constantly maintained during 3CR interviews, Redfern police continue to refuse to allow the installation of the commemorative plaque to be installed at the fence line where TJ was impaled as a result of his bicycle being rammed by a police vehicle. The police want to see this as an accident. That will never happen. And I also want to inform listeners that it's subscriber drive. So it's all about making your subscription to um, all shows at 3CR and to 3CR in general. The Doing Time Show is a unique show in that it provides a safe environment for Aboriginal elders and also organisations, marginalised communities to come onto the show. And I'll be speaking about subscription um, throughout this show. First up, we're going to be speaking with Tuffy, who is from Gecko Goongra Environment Centre. And we'll be speaking with her about a very, very important event that's coming up in March, and it's entitled it's entitled The Right to Organise for Climate and the Environment. And it's come about because there have been anti-protest laws. And indeed, across Australia, new anti-protest laws are being passed in order to silence dissent on rapid action for climate and the environment. In Victoria, peaceful forest protectors are facing up to 12 months of jail time come May 2023. So we're going to be speaking with Tuffy shortly about that and she'll be giving us all the details 
um, of, of where to go, how to get there. It's on the 7th of March, I believe, and we'll be speaking with her. And then after that, we're going to be speaking with um, Cheryl, who's representing Istra, Melbourne, and she's be get, going to be giving us a solidarity message for TJ, um, in which, show, which this show is dedicated to him in his honour. And I'm going to ask her some questions about the plaque because I don't know if that's been installed yet in Redfern. And then after that, we're going to be speaking with Scott Cosgriff from the Human Rights Law Centre. He's a senior lawyer there. He's going to be speaking about some new announcements in regards to um, asylum seekers and what's happened with uh, a new pathway for visas to come through and getting rid of some of the boat policy, but not all hasn't gone far enough, in my opinion. Anyway, we're going to be speaking with Tuffy shortly. 3CR is Radical Radio, and that means more than just alternative current affairs and political coverage. We're Radical because we're an independent media outlet, owned and operated by the community. We're Radical because we give communities the control of their own shows, with their own music, in their own languages. We're Radical because we provide a media platform for communities to build their own power to create social change. Become a subscriber and support Radical Radio. Call us on 03 9419 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. And in case you've just tuned in, this is the Doing Time Show, 3CR Subscriber Drive, and we're speaking now with Tuffy from Gecko. Hi, Tuffy. How are you going? Hey, Marissa. Good. Yep. Great to have you. Thanks now, for Tuffy. inviting me on. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great that we were able to connect over the weekend. Yep. Now, Tuffy, I'm wondering if you could just tell us about this really important event. Tell us all about it and just give us some background and also tell us the location and, and the date. Okay. So um, in last year, in the second half of last year, um, the ALP state government introduced um, some anti-protest laws for Victoria. Um, they've already been anti-protest laws we've seen come through other states, including New South Wales, Queensland and now Tassie as well. So, you know, Victoria is very much slipping in that pattern. Um, at the time when this was introduced, um, and the laws in Victoria were specifically targeted at forest protectors, um, and we saw unions speaking out. We saw the ASU, the MUA um, and United Workers Union all speaking out about the universal right to protest. We saw um, Lydia Thorpe talk, speak out about her right to defend her country and, and not be criminalised for it. And so we wanted to, as part of this mass meeting, um, you know, try and gather all of that amazing solidarity and channel it into action. And so it's a really important part of this mass meeting that we've got coming up on um, Tuesday, March the 7th from 6.30 to 8pm is centering, you know, what does increasing criminalisation look like for Aboriginal people defending their country? Now I heard just before you talk about TJ Hickey um, yep. and I'm actually from that country up there. So... Um, I was a student at Sydney Uni um, and, yeah, attended many rallies on the block um, after TJ was executed by police. 
And the only people that were charged were those warriors that fought in the streets after there was no justice for TJ Hickey. So, you know, we really wanted to, as part of looking at this trend in anti-protest laws, look at, you know, what kind of trickle-down effects, what kind of compounding effects are these anti-protest laws going to going to have, but also what kind of action can we take, which is really what this mass meeting um, you know, targeted towards. We want to know that, um, you know, the, the kinds of action that people want to take, that they're going to be supported in that solidarity. So we have a range of really amazing speakers that will be attending, including Marjorie Thorpe, who's a Gunai Kurnai elder, um, and, you know, very, very active in the environment space. Um, we've got Godfrey Moes, who's from the executive of United Workers' Union and also one of the founders of CoPower. And he'll be talking about, um, you know, how people can take action on climate and the environment in their workplace. Um, and then we've got uh, Natalie Hogan, who's from Environment Justice Australia, who will talk through um, the legals, and I'll be facilitating the meeting from Gecko. And whereabouts will will that be? So the meeting's taking place in central Melbourne, so quite near to Queen Vic Market. So yeah, I can. So the exact address is um, the Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation at 535 Elizabeth Street in Melbourne. Um, so, yeah, it's really central, really easy to get to from public transport. So we're hoping, yeah, that as many people that um, can come will come. So yeah. I really hope so. I mean, it, it, it is really important to be able to listen to Marjorie um, Thorpe, because she she was co-commissioner, wasn't she, in the Bringing Them Home of Stolen Generations inquiry and campaigned to save the grandmother trees on um, in Victoria. What country yep. is that? Um, Chaparral. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's the one. Yeah. And she was the chairperson of the People's Movement. So she's yep. done quite a lot of work. And it's really important, isn't it, to have a lawyer as a speaker as well and from the union. Yeah, we just we really wanted to you know cross pollinate um, what that solidarity could look like between all of these areas and and not be like you know these anti protest laws are coming through but you know um, on the weekend there was a another panel discussion called Democracy in Dissent and Jackie Katona who's from the Mirar people up in um, near Kakadu and was very central um, you know with the Jabaluki campaign talked about you know, the devastation that their people have already gone through and that, you know, them, even just the simplest things, uh, you know, for for defending, not e for existing, you, you know, resulted in their execution. So um, really have to contextualise these anti-protest laws and also just take some cues from people who've gone before, you know, and faced impossible challenges and, and won, like they did at Jabaluka. So... Um, yeah. It's it's so important, isn't it? I mean, I, I know that I had to have a really long gap because I was doing a lot of other things and developing media skills and also I was in America for a while, but I um, was, was involved quite a lot in the forest blockading at East Gippsland and I think Rob Starry was, uh, was the lawyer there um, who was helping quite a lot of um, forest activists. When I was in court, he was the one. 
He's still around, isn't he? What I think a, he's still a legend. <laughs> he's in the refugee space, I think now. Um, really? Yeah, he's um he's just he's an absolute legend. Um, yeah, Gecko. I mean, Gecko's was founded more or less through that particular blockade. So that blockade um, went for five years. It had over five hundred arrests. It was the longest running forest blockade in Australian history. Indeed. So, in terms of these anti-protest laws, like we are incredibly proud of our history. And I would say that in twenty after the um, Black Summer bushfires in 2019-2020, when the government rolled over the regional forest agreements and just kept logging as usual. Um, you know, it was up to the community to defend these very, like, small remaining precious unburnt refuges. You know, 80% of the forested area was burnt. And in, in East Gippsland, near where Gecko is based, we had this critical high, high elevation unburnt refuge near the plateau. And that was so important for climate, um, for species to be able to adapt to climate change and be able to travel to these, these higher elevation places. So, you know, Gecko was involved with, you know, the Defend Aranundra. We, we, we organised the Defend Aranundra campaign and the community blockaded that site for five months to prevent logging entering that unburnt refuge. There was over 15 people um, charged as part of that. Now, like, it was le- legal action by Environment East Gibson was the final, like, second hit that pushed... Um, Push logging out of that area, but come the end of 2022, 70%, nearly 70% of that area that we were, you know, supporting others to blockade him was now given protections, you know, That's by right. the department. So, you know, if we hadn't, if the community hadn't have blockaded that area initially, that would have been, this refuge would have gone, you know, and exactly. so this is, this is, Kind of like you know, you know this this is this these are the scenarios that we're fighting for at this critical kind of like climate crisis moment. Um, an so, injury to one is an injury to all, and and this is what this mass meeting needs to look at: unite and no compromise in the defence of Mother Earth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Are there any final comments you want to make? Let, let's plug the location and the date again, Tuffy. Okay, so we've got a mass meeting on the right to organise the climate and the environment with speakers from Godfrey Myers from um, United Workers Union, Marjorie Thorpe, Gunai Kurnai Elder, um, long-term campaigner, and um, Natalie Hogan from Environment Just Lawyer from Environment Justice Australia. It's happening 6:30 to 8 p.m. at 535 Elizabeth Street. Um, Melbourne. If people can RSVP beforehand, um, they can head over to um, a Gecko Socials or, or our website to to be able to RSVP. Um, and that way, because we have a limited number of spaces in there, but we want to make sure that everyone can participate. So the event is also fully wheelchair accessible and Auslan interpreted. And a shout out to our brothers and sisters inside. And I'm hoping that we're not going to be having more of our brothers and sisters inside um, as a result of these anti-protest laws, which is yeah. why one of the reasons why I did the interview with you today. Yeah. There is a connection there. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Tuffy, um, thanks so it, much. Anything else you want to say before we go? Um, so for anyone that's um, unable to attend in person, particularly our regional um, supporters, or if anyone inside wants to tune in, 
just to send us an email and we can send them a video link. Wonderful. Yeah. Keep up the good work, Tuffy. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thanks so much. See Thanks. you later. Take care. Join us for the upcoming public forum, Sovereignty, Treaty and First Nations Justice, hosted by Green Left on Monday, February 20th at 6.30pm at the Drill Hall on 506 Elizabeth Street. With the upcoming referendum on Voice to Parliament, discussion about the best ways to fight for Treaty, Sovereignty and First Nations Justice have been growing. The massive Invasion Day protests of tens of thousands of people across the country is another sign of the growing movement for First Nations justice. Hear from two long-standing First Nations activists, Uncle Gary Murray and Lydia Forbes, about their views on how to advance treaty, sovereignty and justice for First Nations people and their views on the current discussion about voice to Parliament. 6.30pm Monday, February 20th at the Drill Hall on 506 Elizabeth Street. Green Left is a free CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time show and Subscriber Drive. And you just heard an interview with Tuffy from Gecko Goongra Environment Centre. And she was speaking about a mass meeting that's coming up um, on the 7th of March. And coming up now, we're going to be hearing from Cheryl from ISTRA and Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne. And Cheryl was on last year. And in fact, the 14th of February, the anniversary of TJ's passing, fell on a Tuesday last year. So mm. I did a big commemoration broadcast on that. And Cheryl gave a wonderful solidarity message um, about... TJ, and here we are again, um, the lead-up for tomorrow's rally. Hello, Cheryl, welcome to the program. Good afternoon, Marisa, thank you. Yeah, it's nice to lovely to have you. We're just going to be having a very informal chat, Cheryl, and I just want to hear from you, you know, in regards to yourself and also Istja, what are your words of solidarity for, for TJ and his family today? We've actually sent up a solidarity message that we're hoping to have read out tomorrow, seeing none of us are getting up there, Um, just saying that we're standing with um, TJ's mum, Gail, and her family, the community and supporters, as they get together again to demand justice for TJ 19 years on, um, after him being taken in such a brutal manner. Um, It's just appalling, you know, 19 years and no-one ever facing... Facing the courts as such, you know, we had one of the um, prime candidates for, you know, being his involvement, one of the police constables, Michael Hollingsworth, he was given a certificate from the coroner at the time, John Abernethy, so he didn't have to appear because his evidence may have incriminated him, you know, and that could have led to him being charged. So, and then, of course, the coroner, you know stating that TJ's death was a result of a freak accident and absolving the police of any responsibility. Um, Just the whole circumstances, you know, the cops were supposed to have sat down the four that came out of the two vans, two drivers, two passengers out of those police vehicles, Redfern 16 and 17. It's alleged that they sat down together and wrote their statements post-TJ 
um, and a superior, you know, came in and assisted them as they wrote it because, you know, you have to have everything, you know, that would see them walk away, you know, with no... No accountability. Um, None at all, Cheryl. I mean, no. a large proportion of, of the inquest centred on whether police were pursuing Hickey or TJ Hickey or following him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what the coroner said. He, he, was, he sort of stated that they were following him, and that's different. I think that's how he put it, that that's different from pursuing. Um, but, but there was a whole lot of stuff that led up to TJ. Um, he was frightened when he was staying with his auntie Bowie. He was living there at the time leading up to the accident and his little girlfriend she was knocked off a bike the week before yep. um i don't know if it was the same bike or a different bike but that was supposedly by an unmarked police car and then the cops went round and wanted to take the kids for a walk to show them the route that they actually rode from Arnie bowie's which is just not very far from the block five minute ride so the cops wanted to, the kids to show them the route they took so they were sizing it up, and TJ had told Bowie he was dead. He, he, you know, they were going to kill him. He was beaten up the week before, I think it was, by another one of the cops, not in that particular foursome, but oh. one of the other cops from Redfern. It was a whole, you know, this accident business, and, you know, look, that's just letting them off the hook totally. And, you know, it was just one thing after another that, and, you know, Bob Carr, the Premier at the time, standing up with the cops, declaring his um, support for them, and that was before any inquiry. So how the heck did he know? Oh. You know and that's the same man he spoke. He's on the public record as saying that um, he doesn't believe this country needs a Bill of Rights. Mm. It's, um, look, it's, it's, a real, it's a real worry, and not only is it a real worry, but we're looking at ongoing genocide and colonisation yep. and and deaths in custody. Here, yeah, yeah. You know, and is it any wonder when they get away with this sort of thing? You know, it, there's never a, a red light. They never see a red light. You yeah. know, it's always green light. Go ahead, go ahead, business as usual. And, you know, the, I, I, something else, I was looking over stuff yesterday, and that same coroner, he actually praised Hollingworth the, the the cop that yeah he was the cop that dragged him off the fence actually he dragged TJ off the fence before there was any medical care to be given dragged him off contrary to popular you know medical training anyone that's got any first aid training you don't take someone off a fence if they've been impaled you support their body you know so that there's no stress on the body you pull it off you don't know what damage you're doing. But Hollingsworth pulled him off. But the coroner praised him for the attention he gave, or the you know the treatment he gave to TJ at the t at the fence line. Really? Oh. I mean, the whole thing—it just smacks of, yeah, you know, corrupt, oh, disgusting. It's just it, it, the more it I is think really about disgusting. it, disgusting. I mean, you, there, you there, there is a, a lot more. Yeah, yeah, there is a lot more to this. Oh well, the, you know, the, the fact that all that stuff, you know, that they withheld from the. Um, from the coronial inquest, you know they they didn't um, they didn't investigate the first aid implications at the time. There was no bio, bioengineering aspects of the mechanism of injury pursued. All the bystander evidence wasn't taken into account. Um, why was that evidence not heard? Um, why was the arrival of a police rescue van at the incident scene not investigated? Um, what does it go? Oh, the bike, of course. Someone oh. actually 
saw the bike being <laughs> wheeled out later from the um, a damaged bike being wheeled out from Redfern Police Station and then eventually Gail was told she could pick up TJ's bike and it had had the wheels replaced. So, you know, they tamper with evidence. <laughs> Absolutely. It's tampering with evidence. If we, one of us did that, you did it or I did it, oh. or one of the listeners, geez, we wouldn't hear the end of it. We'd be, you oh. know, up there facing the court on that alone. So how the hell they've got away with it, I just don't know. It's just... It's police investigating police, isn't it, Cheryl? Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely, yeah. Until you get a change in that policy, yeah, you've got no hope. And that's what one of the Eastern Melbourne's demands, that, you know, they need civilian review boards. You know, they've got to be accountable to the, to the civilians, to the community, to the population, not to and each no other. And no plaque yet, Cheryl? The plaque was put up. We did see it. It's, it's in front of oh. the fence where it happened, where TJ was impaled um, in Waterloo, Redfern, Waterloo. But um, apparently, because that's a public housing area, that's where Ray Jackson lived in that sort of area, oh. in public housing. Now, that's um, planned for redevelopment, so they'll be demolished and private housing will go up there. And, of course, so that puts the plaque at risk and the fence line. So family are going to try and get it relocated to the Redfern Community Centre, I believe. That's one of the aims of this year's rally up there. It's one of the issues they're going to raise tomorrow um, at the rally they hold, the annual rally. Um, the annual rally. Yeah, and but they've got to wait on the City of Sydney to give approval for that to be fixed in the community centre, would you believe? Exactly. So, no, you know, it's, it's, it's not a really full-blown conclusion that it'll happen, I suppose. Exactly. And what's ISTRA doing? I mean, are any ISTRA supporters going to go down and commemorate TJ tomorrow? Is there anything happening in, in Melbourne? Well, yeah, um, it's being a work day and everything else. You know, a lot of people have got other things on school or work and stuff like that. So, um, And we've been watching the weather to see what was going to happen. So we've got a placard, one of the big placards that you might see at the... Um, rallies and Invasion Day and other rallies that are held for death in custody families. So we're going to take the big TJ placard and one of our banners along to Woodlands Park, which is in Essendon or North Essendon, corner Carnarvon Road and Woodland Street. Um, easy to get to by public transport, plenty of parking. Um, there's buses, 903 and a 59 tram. Quite a decent sort of um, area where it is, lovely treed area, not a big park, so it would be easy to find. So we hope to get a little group of us there around 11am tomorrow and anyone's welcome to join us, you know, if they want to pay respect to TJ and show some support for the family and the community there. Fought long and hard, you know, there's lots of doors get slammed in their face and it was lovely hearing Tuffy talking before, you know, that she's attended to, you know, a lot of the um, rallies on the block for TJ. And I have too. It'll be a lot different having a rally, you know, even this little one tomorrow, because no doubt we won't be under the eye, the watchful eye of um, the people in blue, which is what happens every time they have a rally for TJ up there. It's just, oh, it's phenomenal, the police attendance and the surveillance they're under. Oh, you know, yeah, I mean... Look them. TJ family members have also been harassed on an ongoing basis over the years as well. Oh, yeah, cops lying in the grass and going to the door when the kids are home. Gail's popped out, you know, even as the kids got older, you know, the cops would be watching and go to, go to the door knowing the mum wasn't there, you know, just trying to 
um, put the wind up them, I suppose. You know, if you've got the audacity to try and get justice for your family, Absolutely. You, you, you're under their eye. And, I mean, yeah, this is be all, I mean, most. There's some families that are probably strong enough to withstand it and continue the struggle. But, yeah, I mean, how, how they do that, you know, they, they're grieving. The families, are, well, they're not allowed to grieve, not oh. in peace. You know, it's really, I mean, when you think about it, it, it is. It's genocide and the child removal's genocide, this whole, the incarceration system, the way they drag people off the street to, you know, petty things often. Petty, they call them crimes, but what crimes? You might, you know, pick up a bit of food or something like that to eat, stay alive, and you're exactly. chucked in a prison. You're chucked in a prison. And then, you know, look at Dondale. Yes. What's happening to those poor kids? You know? It is, and that—that that is something that we could look. We could go on all night. Oh, couldn't we, Cheryl? Thank you so much for coming onto the program. Um, I'm going to be speaking with the Human Rights Law Centre next with Scott Cosgriff, um, talking about the new pathway for asylum seekers. Oh, it's all good. connected. It's oh, yeah. lovely to have you, and it's just really, really wonderful that you could come onto the show and thank and you. talk about TJ and commemorate. Thanks for the today. opportunity, and thanks for doing the tribute. The other thing is, just watch out because those bail laws in Victoria. Um, I won't go on about them today, but you know, the Victorian Aboriginal Legal Service um, is your Melbourne. Will take the guidance from them what they want to do. But we've got some letters happening at the moment um, because those bail laws. It's no use, as the Attorney General said. Um, what they may tinker with them or tweak them I think it was the word and Daniel won't commit to anything major but they've got to be majorly overhauled after what happened to Victoria, uh, to Veronica sorry, yes Veronica Nelson Walker and how many other people are you know impacted by those you know the um, you've got to prove that you're innocent really and that you've got a place of accommodation and all this to get bail they've got to you know I mean those knee jerk changes that they made after Burke Street the incident, uh, just ill thought of, ill thought through. The impact was never thought of at all. You know, who'd be most impacted? And we know now who is. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Cheryl. It was lovely to have you. Thanks, Marissa. And, yeah, thanks a lot for the opportunity and for doing the tribute. Thanks a lot. Spread the news about Subscriber Drive as yes. well. Yes, can, keep, keep awesome. 3CR on air, people. What will we do without it? Oh, <laughs> I hate to think. I hate to think. I know. It's invaluable. Okay. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. 3CR is radical radio. Through our on-air content and community structure, we promote real change for workers' rights, gender equality, environmental action, disability justice, and on racism and First Nations sovereignty. Do you want to be part of real radical change? We need you to subscribe. It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation, and $300 solidarity. Call 03-9419-8377. That's 9419-8377. Or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe.
this is the Doing Time Show 3CR Community Radio and it's Subscriber Drive. And you just heard an interview with Cheryl from ISCHA, Indigenous Social Justice Association Melbourne, speaking about TJ Hickey and the anniversary of what happened. Aboriginal teenager who was impaled on a fence. A lot of police um, incompetencies going on there. And next up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Scott Cosgrove, who is the senior lawyer at the Human Rights Law Centre. And we're going to be speaking to Scott about some new announcements by the Albanese government today in regards to refugees and asylum seekers and visas. And I'm quite excited to talk to him about that. And, of course, we'll talk to him about the background because there was a previous announcement that um, the government would provide a pathway to permanent residency for people on temporary protection visas, offering hope at least to thousands of people who have built lives in Australia. Hello, Scott. Welcome to the program. It's a pleasure to be with you. Lovely to have you. Could you just talk to us about what happened, what's been happening with the new announcement? Well, it's a, it's a very significant announcement today for a lot of people. The Albanese government has announced that it's going to uphold one of its election commitments, which was to allow people who are living in Australia on temporary protection visas to apply to become permanent residents. Um, this is an issue that really goes back a decade or more. We're talking about people who have been living in Australia since 2012 or since 2013. After the change of election in 2013, there was a, a toxic political battle that resulted in those people being given only temporary status in Australia. And what that has meant is they, that they can't sponsor their families, they can't have the same rights as other um, their, their neighbours and their colleagues, um, and that they're really required to live in limbo in Australia indefinitely. The announcement today is that that, um, that, that is going to end and... It's, it's a significant change, um, not least of all because of how many people are affected. There are 19,000 people whose lives will change as a result of this announcement. However, it's, it's a tricky one because the change, we need to acknowledge that the change is really significant for the people who it affects. It's life-changing. But at the same time, um, today's announcement leaves um, a very large number of people behind and there's really no reason why that should be the case. So I just, I'm just trying to get my head around these issues. So, Scott, in regards to the boat policy about the fact that asylum seekers and refugees that come by boat to Australia, is that still currently the case that they're not allowed to have visas? And is there, is there some type of uh, loophole before 2013? Can you explain that to listeners? Yeah, I, I completely um, recognise that the constantly um, changing and forever more punitive policies in this regard create a little bit of confusion. The, uh, it's, it's been hard to track because what happens is a new government announces a new policy, but the people subject to the old, the old policy, they don't disappear. They, they continue struggling. And the people who, are, who we're talking about in today's announcement are people who arrived all the way back in 2012 and 2013 before being sent to Nauru and PNG was the policy. And instead, they've been living in Australia ever since, but living in Australia on temporary protection visas with very limited rights. Um, 
there were around 30,000 people in that scenario. And the uh, coalition government, when Scott Morrison was the minister, established a process for, um, uh, for deciding who was a refugee and who was not. Now, that process was unfair and um, it resulted in some people being recognised as uh, refugees and granted visas and other people being rejected. And the good news today is, uh, is only for those people who were recognised as a result of that unfair process. There are many thousands of people who were rejected under that unfair process who, just like everyone else, have been living in Australia for the entire decade and um, they're the ones who are left out of today's announcements and that's what we say is a real missed opportunity for the Albanese government. So it's quite pleasing then, isn't it, that you can have families that can now be reunited because you've got people from overseas that are going to be able to get the visa and you can have people in Australia that are no longer to be in limbo. However, what about people that come by boat now as we speak Yep. Is that, that that's not going to be for them, is it? That's right. So we're, we, we uh, as I say, we're really talking about people who arrived in Australia a long time ago and have been living in Australia ever since. What's now bipartisan policy is things that changed all the way back in 2013. Things like um, if you seek asylum by boat, you will be sent to Nauru and you will stay there and you'll never come to Australia. Things like if a boat tries to arrive, we'll intercept it and turn it around. These really punitive, harmful policies um, that are contrary to international obligations and extremely harmful for the people they affect, those, those are bipartisan. Those, um, those are policies that the Albanese government has um, uh, either invented or inherited and, and maintained um, from its predecessor. But this announcement today is, is one, one area where there was... Uh, a significant distinction between the two parties. Um, it has been a long time coming. The election was in May, now we're in February. There have been a lot of questions about why it would take so long when so many, when so many people um, really need it in, all, in order to get their, their own lives, and get on with their lives. Um, but, of course, it's a change that's very welcome. Just to give you a picture of what it means, um, yeah. family reunion is one is one thing that, that this means for people who now get to become permanent residents. Now, when, when you say family reunion, um, you know, you can imagine all, all, types of, um, all types of ways you could reunite with all, all types of family members. But um, what we're really talking about is people who arrived without their partners and kids and who have then been forced to spend the last 10 years living in Australia without the ability to sponsor their partners and kids, people who, um, people to whom the government has said, we recognise you're a refugee, you can stay in Australia, but don't get too comfortable and you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be with your family. And um, that is, that, that has across thousands of people um, and thousands of families um, inflicted very, very serious um, harm on people and quite deliberately. We're working with one, with one man who, um, who has not been able to hold his child. We're working with other families who've basically been communicating 
to their kids um, on on screens for a decade, and um, yeah, that 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 policy has um, affected those families in ways that will never be able to be undone. Um, but nonetheless, what a relief to finally be at the end of that. The government now says that if you hold a temporary protection visa or a safe haven enterprise visa, these um, these visas that were invented by the previous government, um, you can now apply for a permanent one. That that process is also something we think should happen quickly. We, um, we will be uh, watching the implementation of the new policy. Um, but... The, the change announced today is, is a very significant one for many people. It is extremely significant and it is very positive, very, very positive indeed for, for many, many people. But quite disturbingly and disgustingly, this morning I was channel surfing on the television and also listening to the radio and some of the media commentary was grotesque. Because what it was doing, basically, was, yes, it is good, and I'm not disputing that, Scott. However, the commentary was saying, oh, yes, but, you know, are more boats going to be coming in? That is an absolute... It's it's a violation of of media, isn't it, of some of the commentary on media, of human rights, to say such things when there's been such a positive announcement and yet all the media would comment on was, oh, but what if more boats come in? What's, what's with that? It's, it's symbolic of the toxic politics on this issue, isn't it? Um, the absolute fixation on boats with no logical limit. If, it, if, there's any, if there's any inkling of a boat, then the punishment must continue. The punitive policy must continue. It must continue to their kids. It must continue to their kids. Um, we really need to put an end to this way of thinking about these problems. Um, for as long as humans have lived, they've needed to seek safety. They've needed to, to get to places where they're safer whenever they're in danger. And for more than a decade now, Australia's turned its back on having any constructive role to play in, a, in an international system to address that. Um, and it's and it's largely because of this toxic media narrative that you're describing. Um, we hope very much that this is one step towards moving away from that and recognising the reality um, that people need to get on with their lives. And it's wonderful to see that as a result of this announcement, 19,000 people in Australia get that opportunity, um, as well as their family members overseas. Yeah. Now, yeah. the people who are left behind are the ones who got rejected in that unfair fast-track process that I mentioned, and they're also the people who got sent to Nauru and Manus Island. Now, um, there are around 1,000 people who have been brought back from Nauru and Manus Island over the years and who are living in Australia, just like the other people I've described. But because they were once sent to Nauru or Manus Island, the government... Um, is firm in its position that they won't be getting the benefit of this and they can never stay. And on top of that, there are more than 100 people still stuck in PNG and in Nauru. Now, until we, send, until we see the end to the um, punitive treatment of those people as well, then um, the, 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 the work will not be over. 
Scott, thank you so much for coming onto the program. Are there any final comments that you wanted to make before we finish? Look, I think it's important to recognise this as a significant change today. Um, it, it is, uh, it is a, a profound thing in the lives of thousands of people who have sought asylum in Australia and um, are going to have a better future as a result of this. I think we need to acknowledge that. But we need to do that at the same time as recognising that this doesn't go as far as it needed to. There are people who left behind and for whom nothing changes um, today and we'll have to keep working to make sure that those people too can uh, get on with their lives in safety. It is a wonderful announcement in, in many ways. Scott, thanks so much. And, a pleasure talking um, with you. Yeah, it's great talking with you too. And keep up the ongoing work um, with the Human Rights Law Centre. Can you just quickly give us the website for that? So yeah, there's a lot of petitions and reports there. Yeah. Human Rights Law Centre is hrlc.org.au. Thank you very much. Take care. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Hi, we're from Fitzroy Primary School and you're listening to Community Radio on 3CR. Solidarity Salon, home of Radical Women and Freedom Socialist Party, has moved to Reservoir. We are a socialist, feminist bookshop and organising centre eager to collaborate with a diversity of optimistic rebels. All gender identities welcome. We're at 113 Spring Street Reservoir, near Regent Station. Drop in or get contact details at socialism.com. Solidarity Salon is a proud 3CR supporter. Have you experienced or seen racism against blackfellas? Report racism against First Nations people with Call It Out, an online register to expose racism. Stand up. Be heard. Call it out. Go to callitout.com.au. A 3CR supporter. Live it up at this year's National Sustainable Living Festival, showcasing solutions to the ecological challenges of our times. Join the sustainability movement for a month of workshops, talks, demonstrations, artworks, exhibitions, films and live performances. Featuring the great local picnic at Royal Botanic Gardens for a big green day out with ABC Gardening Australia's Costa Georgiatis. Full program online, slf.org.au. The National Sustainable Living Festival is a 3CR supporter. CR needs members to survive. By becoming a subscriber, you're helping us to remain fiercely independent and free of commercials and corporate influence. Are you a paid-up subscriber? It's just $40 concession, $80 waged, $150 for a band or organisation and $300 solidarity. Great value for 24-7 community-owned and community-controlled media. Please become a subscriber member today. Call the station on 03-9419-8377 or sign up online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. And this is the Doin' Time Show, 3CR Community Radio, 
855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. And this is Marissa. And I wanted to um, just say that you heard an interview just now with Scott Cosgrove, who is a senior lawyer at the Human Rights Law Centre, talking about a new announcement that will actually help a lot of asylum seekers and refugees in regards to a, a new pathway to permanent residency and eventually citizenship. It's approximately 4.48, and before we end our show, I'd like to talk a little bit about Subscriber Drive and talk about why specifically people need to subscribe, not only to 3CR, but also to do a time show. 3CR relies on the support of our listeners to keep going. We're a not-for-profit community radio licence holder and a strong subscriber base is vital to our financial independence and we're proudly community-owned and community-controlled. 3CR provides independent community-owned media free of commercial influence and government bias and it's radio in your language giving voice to your community Independent community-owned media is rare and precious and can only exist with our community's support. 3CR is one of a kind and we've got 400 volunteers and cover an incredible array of programming content. From special broadcast events on Invasion Day or Trans Day of Visibility to any of our 120 weekly shows, 3CR has got your Radical Radio listing covered over the years and in the words of Warrior, oh, I was just starting to read about TJ Hickey, but I'll talk about that in a minute. So, yeah, I was just having a look at some notes um, in, in regards to subscription, and I just wanted to read all that out. I was really going to talk about, read the, in the words of Warrior Ray Jackson, but I already read, it, read about him earlier on. We'll be doing a memorial show for Ray Jackson in April, and he was very much, um, which brings me to the subject of TJ Hickey now, he was very much um, the main, one of the main campaigners in regards to TJ Hickey. And it really is terrible that, you know, we've still got this whole inquest unresolved and TJ's death unresolved, no closure, police investigating police, despite the fact that Gail Hickey went to the UN. Um, this whole thing is simply a sham. And it's fantastic that, you know, that there is a rally every week. Uh, sorry, every every year, um, and there are rallies every week anyway in regards to deaths in custody that 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 goes on an ongoing basis. And why people need to need to subscribe to the Do and Time Show specifically? Basically, in regards to the fact that, as I said at the beginning of the show, we provide a safe environment for marginalised communities to come onto our show and talk about human rights, prisoner rights, and Indigenous rights as well. And we talk about a range of issues, including police brutality, looking at increased police powers. We covered um, a lot of... We all cover inquests in regards to Aboriginal deaths in custody and all deaths in custody. And we look quite a lot at asylum seekers and refugees and do a lot of um, support in that regard. So, yeah, subscribe to 3CR. Um, the drive actually finishes on the 19th of February. And you can subscribe online by going onto the 3CR website, www.3cr.org.au. Or if people are not into online subscription, you can call the station 
on 94198377 and subscribe to 3CR. Pick up the phone now, 94198377 and subscribe and you'll be able to keep um, 3CR on air for an, another year or over the years. And it's it's basically $40 for unwaged or concession, $80 for waged and $150 for a band or organisation and $300 for solidarity. So we're nearing the end of our show um, and I'm thinking we'll just go to another announcement. Did you know that 3CR received its community radio licence in 1976? Our application was successful because of our diverse and engaged community membership. Subscribers are at the heart of our station and we really need you to be active and paid up in 2023. Become a 3CR subscriber today. Call 03 9419 8377 or subscribe online at 3cr.org.au forward slash subscribe. Did you know that women make up just 2% of tradies? AMWU Victoria wants to change that, but we need your help. Are you searching for a rewarding career with a high value skill set? It's time to consider becoming a tradeswoman. For more information, come to the Hume Women in STEM and Construction Careers and Jobs Expo on Wednesday the 1st of March to kickstart your career. Register at Eventbrite or visit amwu.org.au slash events underscore W-I-T. The Australian Manufacturing Workers Union Victoria is a 3CR supporter. Travellers Aid Australia is offering free scooter safety training sessions. They will help mobility scooter and powered wheelchair users to practice their skills and build confidence in navigating their local community and accessing public transport. These sessions are delivered by trained facilitators and volunteers and are provided across Melbourne. For more information or to register interest, visit travellersaid.org.au, call on 03-9654-2600 or email info at travellersaid.org.au. Travellers Aid Australia is a 3CR supporter. And you're back with the Doing Time Show. And thank you so much to everybody that was interviewed on the show today. Um, we're going to be going out with our theme song, Blackfella, Whitefella, by the Rumpy Band. And it's goodbye from Marissa. And see you next week. Stay tuned every Monday from 4 to 5 for the Doing Time Show. And subscribe, subscribe, and subscribe. Thank you. Take care. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. As long as you 
my true fella, as long as you are real fella. 